everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Marrow Show by Marrow Ministries. I'm Alexander Wade. This is Nick Kennecott and Luke Walker. And today's topic is the universe. Man, everything that we know and a whole bunch of stuff that we don't know, all things that have ever been created. You know, we're just we're going to make it all simple and plain for you today. Uh, so, uh, man, as Christians, you know, uh, how often uh, do you find yourself thinking about the universe because the primary voices, at least when we think about, if you were to think of um, how should I think about space? How should I think about the universe? Um, many people, the first person that came to mind wouldn't be a theologian. Uh, they might not think first to go to their Bibles. Um, they might think of popular scientists and, and so on, right? And there's nothing wrong with scientists who do that as a profession, praise God for them. Uh, but uh, as Christians, man, uh, what types of things shape uh, your thoughts on the universe? Yeah, so um, uh, if we're talking about outer space, something I think about daily, uh, I um, enjoy tracking the moon cycles, keeping track of the constellations throughout their seasons. I have somewhat of a, a you know, I'm an amateur astronomer mm. in the making, so. It's actually like my hobby right now to study the stars. So, you know, I try to get out there every day that I can when it's not cloudy. And if it's cloudy for a few days in a row, I get a little mildly depressed. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's something that's drawn my heart for some time and I just keep leaning into it. The heavens are so very magical. And that's the very thing modern science has lost completely. Mm -hmm. they, they've sterilized the universe of all wonder and awe because they believe they understand everything that it is and that it ends with the material that it's made of. So <clears throat> really uh, what Christianity is going to add, what the scriptures are going to add, is that re reintroduce that childlike sense of wonder mm -hmm. at what God has made. Yeah. You know? So that's what we would add to it as theologians, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same question for you, Nick, man. Uh, what, what things shape how you think about space, time, the universe, all these things are kind of rolled up into that, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I'll answer that with a few verses and also a short little story about this. Um, I was maybe 22, 23 years old. I was deployed at the time in the military in Afghanistan. And we used to, at night, we'd go on the tops of buildings and just lay out there. Me and my friend is the chaplain at the time. When he was around, we'd go up there and pray together. But obviously, in the middle of nowhere, it's pitch black. And we'd just lay on our backs and stare at the stars. And you see, I saw more stars there than I've ever seen in my life. Mm. And uh, we would have conversations about that. And um, so, obviously, I want... I. I think about that and I think of Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so we have this picture of God creating all of this. But then you have the psalmists and the prophets kind of commenting on that reality. And when I was there doing that, it really struck me. Um, you think of something like uh, um, Psalm 8, 3 and 4. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Mm. Out of all of this, everything God created, and that's just what we can see, knowing there are infinitely more realities beyond what we can see, that God 
not only loves me and takes care of me, but chose me to be his child and has the very hairs of my head numbered. That he knows everything about me intimately is absolutely incredible. And then to look at the stars and think of Psalm 147.4, he determines the number of the stars. He gives to all of them their names, that they're all named, that not one of them is there by accident. Not one of them is, is there without his taking notice of it. Um, and, and we can go on and on. There's a lot of scripture that actually makes reference to, uh, to the universe. And it, it, it's very easy to just sort of uh, get in a mode where we, we're not really even thinking about it because it's there. We see it every single day. And so it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. But when you start to think about the fact that this is so intricately put together by God, and there's so much more beyond that nobody even knows about. It's really a mind-blowing reality and shows us just how big God is and how small we are. Yeah. You know, the, the universe is, is dope to like really ponder on. One, uh, because man, there was a time where there was no universe, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, was, there was no universe and there, there wasn't even the stuff that the universe is made of. Right. You know, like none of it was there. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, expanding uh, infinitely and will continue uh, to exist, like going forward uh, forever. Like there will always be a universe. Um, and you have to posit that because um, as redeemed people who will live forever will always live forever in the context of time. Right, eternity isn't the absence of time, it's eternal time, mm-hmm. right? And, 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 and that's all happening in the realm of the universe in which we will live. Um, I don't, it just, I don't know, man. It's just crazy stuff to think about, man. Like, new heavens, uh, new earth, yo. It's going to be raw. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, and so, but uh, again, even thinking about the universe, thinking about its origins, I think it's kind of a good place to start. And as Christians, there are, there's a whole, there's a pretty wide range of thoughts uh, that folks have about the origins of our universe. Um, and, 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 you know, uh, yeah, let me, let me throw that to you guys there yeah. <laughs> to kind of, to, to, to expound on that a little bit, uh, because uh, it doesn't make you a believer, uh, an unbeliever if you're wrong about this, but, um, but what have you seen in terms of the different views um, like how uh, the universe was made. Of, of how the universe was made, and same thing with the Earth specifically, about. right? How things came to be. Yeah, so I think the prevailing popular idea is that the Big Bang occurred, which was this mysterious explosion that happened on its own and flung everything into existence, and through chance and time, that the, the matter and particles began forming themselves and creating planets, and eventually created ours, and eventually through millions and millions and millions of years, you know, consciousness was born. So <clears throat> the Big Bang is a, it's a, it's a chaotic theory about the universe. And so it doesn't, uh, you know, by definition, it doesn't see order in the heavens. Mm-hmm. And it's so contradictory to its opposing view, which is that God created the universe, that he formed it and organized it, uh, because the way that the heavens move and the way that everything works is so orderly. Mm-hmm. It's so orderly that you can bet on it. Yeah. If you knew how to read the stars, you could find yourself around anywhere in the world where you were if you were aware of them. 
because the stars in their seasons and times are always exactly in the same spot. So <clears throat> when you see order and you see like a giant clock, like the machine that it is, it's really hard to believe that there's not that guiding you know, creator behind it. Mm -hmm. But those would be the two main views, yeah. at least in our modern day. Yeah, ancient, in the ancients you see a lot of origin stories from old mythological, philosophical, pseudo-scientific, you see all kinds of, there's all sorts of explanations, but what they all have in common is that they all have some really complex way of trying to understand and describe what it is. Mm -hmm. And they sort of, it's anything but what seems to be uh, really clear to anybody that all of this is really created. Mm -hmm. and, and you see that point brought up in the Bible several times, Paul really points to this, is you know. You, you have a knowledge of God. This is natural revelation. God has revealed all of this to you. you. You have a profound understanding of the fact that God has created all of it. Mm -hmm. And you're rebelling against this God when you don't acknowledge that. And yet, man in his fallen nature has sought to find any other way to explain it other than to say mm. that God has truly created. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, and that's a tragedy. Yo, I, I, I rack my brain over this right here. There are, there are folks, I've literally had these conversations with folks. They will say they're atheists. They don't believe in God and that he is not the answer for the origins of the universe. Um, and then they'll be totally comfortable with the idea of random chance collisions and mutations over time right. somehow brought about sentient life, right? They'll, they'll, they'll say, yeah, could have happened that way. And they'll even be accepting of the potential idea that this is all a simulation right. and we exist inside of a supercomputer somewhere yeah. and we're just unaware that we're programmed. Right. And it's interesting because what exists in that is that you're saying it's possible that we are the product of a mind mm -hmm. as long as it's not God's. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. As long as it's not God's mind, yeah. as long as it's not an entity that I'm accountable to, mm -hmm. um, I can, re I think that's the issue mm -hmm. uh, because yeah, people sure. are more accepting. Yeah. They'll, they'll entertain the idea that this is all a simulation and we're the product of a mind in that way, um, but then to dismiss God as foolish, mm -hmm. as, as, as if it's something like believing in Santa Claus or something yeah. like that. So, you know, modern science has done, well, many services to the world. There's no question about it. All the technology that we enjoy is a blessing. And it's because of our man's knowledge of the natural world and how it works that has unlocked the ability to have the tech we have, right? You know, so we're able to live in all places of the world now. You know, places you couldn't have cities before our cities now because we have air conditioning or we have better ability to warm our houses. We have all that. We, ha we can communicate with people all around the world. We have much more knowledge of sicknesses and medicine and all that, and all that's good. But a, but a bad effect of modern science is that it has completely stripped the universe of meaning yeah. There's no meaning, there's no order, there's no story, there's no design. It's random, it strips it down to the bare elements. It's a minimalistic view of the world. And as an example, uh, the, a scientist was talking about uh, 
uh, blue whales and how they come up out of the water, you know, how they do it. People love watching that. And, and they were saying, well, all that is is, you know, they have the barnacles on them and they have to rid themselves of those and, and, and that's what that is. And completely missing the majesty, it's yeah, absolutely <laughs> the beauty stunning. Yeah. of yeah. that, you know, and that's that's modern science in a nutshell, and mm -hmm. it does that with space too, mm -hmm. even that word space. So, C.S. Lewis is one of the best guys on this yeah. in, the, in the Ransom Space Trilogy. Um, modern science views it as the as the void. So our our lore in the modern world about space is like Space Odyssey 2001, Interstellar. It's that vast emptiness death staring us in the face. The more ancient view was to see the universe not like as an endless void, but more as a, a great cathedral. You know, and that's where the, you get the biblical idea of the dome. Yeah. The, the circle of the earth there. And, and the way that the sun, moon, and stars move, you see that dome. And if you go to the beach at night, you can perceive the, the, the shape of, of the heavens like that. And the ancients saw that as as a cathedral that was decorated by God and that moved through its seasons. And they saw order and life in that place rather than barrenness and death. Yeah. Now, which one of those is true? Well, they're both true in their own way. Hmm. Right? The universe is so much more than just the physical things God has made. And that comes down to us. We're not just these physical things. You know, We're endowed with meaning beyond. Mm -hmm. And the universe is the same way. It reflects God's glory and His beauty. So to see the stars like that, and it's just, again, like kids understand this. Children get this naturally. Yeah. Oh, they want to look at this. You know, it's like the full moon. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And all that. And, uh, <clears throat> and so really it's difficult to deal with modern man in some ways because there's just there's there's no more of that magic mm -hmm. and wonder mm -hmm. in the world mm -hmm. you know especially in, in the sky yeah think of think of uh think of the complexity of all of it and to think that something or even the original premise that something came out of nothing you have to start there mm -hmm. that you know the the whole idea of the big bang is that there was this massive collision of of mass at some point, but you have to bring a person back. Okay, but what about before that? Yeah, we're before talking about the, the unmoved mass. mover. Where'd the mass yeah. come from? Yeah. Right, before the mass ever existed in the first <laughs> yeah. place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you think of the complexity of something like just think of the Earth in space. Um, we are positioned on the Earth at the perfect location in terms of distance from the sun, so that we don't burn up. We're spinning at the perfect speed in order that we don't go flying off the Earth. Um, so temperatures regulated, gravity is in place. Um, you know all of these, all of these details, and, and just the the perfection of it that we have these 24-hour days. We have seasons of the year, and they're all definable. We can determine this is when fall is going to start this is when winter is going to start because all of these things are in place in such perfect organized ways uh, that uh, that god has made repeatable over and over and over again um, you can go smaller than that and think of the complexity of something like the human eyeball or a single strand of dna that holds uh, in just an enormous amount of information for your body and then you have millions of those things in your body that make up everything that you are 
And then you multiply that times all the people who have ever lived. And, you know, to, to start to break it down and think about all of that, to, to assume all of that started out of nothing and then a single cell organism that eventually evolved into what we are today. Um, as far as I'm concerned, that takes far more faith than anything we say or believe according to what the scriptures have laid out for us, that God created the heavens and the earth. Mm. And, and that's one of the things I love in the Bible is that uh, God saw no need to try and explain all of that in intricate detail, but rather to start with the assumption mm. that this is simply mm. true and you know it's true, and therefore, because of this is true, everything else follows. Mm -hmm. I love that about how the scriptures start in Genesis 1-1. Mm. Yeah. What, what, do you, what do you think, is, where do you think the infatuation with space comes from? There's, there seems to be uh, a pretty consistent um, uh, draw for us to look up and out. Mm -hmm. Like I've read that we know more about space than we do about the deepest parts of the ocean, mm -hmm. right? Oh yeah. Um, and so what is it that, that, that's in us as humans? Like when we're investing resources, it's like, yo, we can go look down there or we can like get, out uh, get to the heavens, yeah. right? Like we wanna go up that way, right? What do you think it is? That, that, that gives us it's, that draw. No, it's, it's intuitive. It's axiomatic. It's just natural. It's a, what makes a woman beautiful. You know what I'm saying? What makes a man handsome? What makes food delicious? It's just part of it. You just are drawn to the wonder of it. And that's so true that even, um, even in the world of modern science, you know, people like to read their horoscope show, you know, the Zodiac, and it... it mm. There's, you can't escape the sense that the stars have meaning. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, part of that is in there, and, and I just don't think mankind will ever get over a beautiful sunrise, a beautiful sunset, or a, f a crescent moon shining in its mystique. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you're just, it's, it's totally lovely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Totally, totally striking. So you read your horoscope, is that what you're telling Well, me? I want to be able to minister to those so I just try to, you know, who do that for yeah. evangelism yeah just like Paul we read all the poets yeah yeah and you read all the astrologers Gemini yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. uh, but us, it's hard yo, weekly, it's yeah. hard to yeah exactly it's hard to escape the idea that the stars do cast some virtue mm -hmm. uh, C.S. Lewis's you know Narnia his planet Narnia by Michael Ward he's uncovered the secret that the yeah. every seven books are based on the seven heavens and the different virtues or vibes that they cast and when you consider the constellations or the planets, Jupiter and those things, and you, and you behold them, it's hard to escape the feeling that there is imp that something's being imparted. Mm. <laughs> there may be a kernel there, you know. I mean, when you get to the constellations, for instance, God takes credit for the constellations in the Bible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Pleiades, Orion, the bear, the Big Dipper. He claims that stuff as his own. In, in other words... Even though different cultures have seen some different constellations in the world, when you, when you study the history of them, most cultures have seen similar things. The shapes present themselves in the forms. Orion is up right now, you know, in all his glory throughout the winter. He's big and he's hard to miss, and it does look like a dude up there. It's kind of crazy. <clears throat> God takes credit for that, mm -hmm. that he made that. So it's like, does, that, does Orion give virtue? 
well, the hunter in the moon, I mean, in the winter, you consider him, you see him. Of course, there's going to be some, some communication there. Or do you bind the chains of the Pleiades together, the Pleiades, he says in Job. That's a small group of, like, you know, it's called the Seven Sisters. Mm -hmm. This very lovely bluish uh, small constellation. Looks like a mini, a mini Little Dipper. You'll see it in the sky. It's basically the tail of Taurus. But you consider that, and you see it, and you ponder it, and you watch it move throughout the sky. It's like you have that feeling. And, and I don't think anyone can escape that feeling. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a kernel there in the sense of God has endued them with meaning and purpose that speak of their creator. Yeah, I think uh, one of the fascinations with all of it is that it is so vast. I mean, it's, it's indescribably vast mm. that, you know, we have this massive galaxy, the Milky Way galaxy, but like we're a small galaxy and there are infinitely more galaxies that exist outside of that. Mm -hmm. And to ask what what is out there? What mm -hmm. is it like? Mm. Is there is there water? Is there somewhere else where there's gravity? Are there what's other what's the coffee like? Yeah, what's the coffee like? <laughs> right. Most importantly, uh, are there other life forms of some shape or kind or whatever? And most importantly, what did they have to do with the building of the pyramids? Got it. Right. <laughs> that's, that's what we want to know. Yeah. Even those joints, though. You know, those know. pyramids are fascinating because they're lined right up. Utterly yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. No, man, that's, but those are fascinating things to think about, you know, because the universe is so vast. Um, and then to, to even think about that in the context of meaning, um, as human beings, the, the only known sentient, you know, species in the universe, uh, does it give us more meaning that we're the only ones or does it, does the fact that it's so big and, and relatively speaking, we're like smaller than a grain of sand mm -hmm. contained to all of the contents of the universe. Mm -hmm. Does that speak to our insignificance? Mm -hmm. It yeah. speaks to both, you know, so Psalm 103 touches on this as high as the heavens are above the earth. So, so much, so great is his love for us. So we are like the earth. And God's love is like the universe. And the more we learn, David knew the universe was big, but he didn't know how big it was. Mm -hmm. The more we learn about how vast it is to think that's like I am, I am floating in this infinite sea of God's love for me. That's like the message mm -hmm. of the earth being small and just in a small galaxy. Our sun is like whatever as far as stars go. You know what I'm saying? And yet God, here God has set his favor upon this planet. He set his favor upon these people, the infinite God, you know? So it carries meaning, even if there aren't inhabitable planets out there, even if there isn't other, maybe not sentient life, but animalistic life, plant life of some sort. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. it, 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 the, so the fact that we are so small is what highlights the specialness of it that God has bestowed upon yeah. us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it helps us to regulate our pride as well. It helps us to regulate um, our any thoughts that we might have that we are more important than we actually are. Mm. Um, I've actually had a sense of that standing at the edge of the Grand Canyon. It's, this is a magnificent thing that God has created mm. down there in Arizona. Uh, to, to be able to stand there and to see 
just uh, it's magnificent beauty first of all talk about sunrises and sunsets there's few places in the world where it's more beautiful than a place like the Grand Canyon at the Horseshoe Bend you know what I'm talking about where the water comes down and around um, but I, I think that's part of our fascination too with something like the universe beyond out mm -hmm. in space because um, I think our hearts long for a sense of that not only a sense of I have my place in all of this I think that's part of it we are, we're always longing to know what our place is but I think we too we we, we inherently long to know that um, that even though I have my place it's a very small place in relationship to mm -hmm. the rest of it because every man whether they want to acknowledge it or not we all acknowledge that um, we all know that God has created us and in that that he is far bigger and more indescribable than anything I could ever imagine um, I, I don't think that we inherently want a God that is small and describable and neatly packaged mm -hmm. to where I can I can figure out everything. Mm -hmm. There's never going to be a time in human history where we can say, "Well, we've reached the end of space. <laughs> we we hit the we hit the wall yeah. at the end. Truman Show. It's yeah. over." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I I think that is by God's design mm -hmm. that it it just keeps us wondering, but it keeps us in awe. And we want that. We want to be in awe. Yeah. And if we're not in awe, then we, we really start to lack a sense of true meaning and purpose in life because of going back to what you said earlier, uh, that, you know, if, if it's all just random and it all just happened and there's really not much out there to think about, discover, learn about, whatever, then what's the point? Yeah. What are we even doing? Mm -hmm. You know, the the awe and the wonder part of it, it's it's really important. Uh, and you think the universe is expanding faster than the speed of light. Like, <laughs> like we'll, we'll never hit the end of it. But then also, it's also true that, that God exists outside of it, mm -hmm. you know. But he also is in it, you know, and all through it. And... Uh, I don't know, man. It's like try, just try and think about that for a little while. Let's see if yeah. that see if that doesn't inspire a sense uh, of awe and wonder. And then you know, it makes me you know wonder practical things, man. Like where the aliens at? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> tell like, you, like, they already like, did their job. They yeah, made man. the pyramids. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, th there's a theory that they found us already and was like, nah. And then just, <laughs> <I'm out. laughs> it was just like, we got other stuff to do. Yeah. Oh man, but. But, you know, for, for those who do ponder these things and even and do think about other life forms potentially existing anywhere in the universe somewhere, does that, what implications does that have on what we believe, mm -hmm. on what God has revealed in the scriptures? And, and, and does, that, does that somehow mean that we should, um, that what we read in the scriptures uh, is, is, is not what we not what we think it is, mm -hmm. uh, it, just the very fact that something, some other being might exist somewhere in the universe, yeah. right? Well, it certainly could. The scripture doesn't speak directly to that issue, though it does speak directly to the issue of there being beings of another sort. Yes. Angelic yeah. beings. So we do know that. 
Thanks for joining us on this episode of The Marrow Show. We hope to see you next time. Make sure you tune in next week and go to Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, like, share, and subscribe. We'll see you next time. Thank you.